You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Michael, and Maddie on this I'm a dreary Sunday afternoon. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Lovely. It's also dreary here in Pennsylvania. So, Michael, is, it, is I think Michael's dreary for a whole another reason. But uh, is it sunshiny and happy where you are, Michael? Um, as far as I've been told, yes, it is. I haven't really looked outside too much yet today, but yeah, I think I'll do, I think it's sunny here. Yes. Michael hasn't lifted the blinds or the room darkening shades this yet today. So that's a good start. So, uh, if you haven't noticed the NHL playoffs have started and the Calgary flames are not in said NHL playoffs because they're, Horribly disappointing season is over. We are in the middle of doing our player grades and report cards, but we figured today might be a fun exercise to have the three of us grade the Flames this season. Um, Michael, seeing you seem to be a glutton for punishment today. Let's hear your take on the Flames and if you have a letter grade for the 2021 version of the Calgary Flames. Well, it's not good. I'll I'll give you that much off the bat. <laughs> like, I think we kind of knew that all year long, but... Just when you're kind of when we kind of went back and looked over everything this season, it's like as bad as everything was, they still ended up missing the playoffs by just four points. You kind of feel like they were close, but at the same time, you know they never really had a chance after how they played most of the year. So I don't know. When I look at everything as a whole, as much as everything went wrong, like I still think they made some good strides late in the season. But yeah, I would say I would talk about like a C minus for the year just based on where we had expectations going into the season. But yeah, it just it was disappointing to see how how they could just never get a win streak going or really pull anything together when they still had a playoff chance. And then by the by the time they made that push late in the year, it was just it was too late. Guys were hurt, and yeah, there's just there was nothing smooth about the season. So yeah, I, I would say a C minus overall. Maddie, how about you? What are you thinking for a letter grade for uh, this version of the Flames? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty straight down the middle, so it would it would probably be like a C for me as well. Um, and I feel like we're in such a weird spot right now too, because like Michael said, like technically they were pretty close to making the playoffs. Um, if like a couple more things had gone their way, like they really weren't that far out of the mix. Uh, that said, I don't know how much playoffs you guys have been watching, but ugh, looking at some of the other teams here, man, the Flames really aren't even close, and that's um, pretty disheartening. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm one of those people that once the Flames are eliminated, I kind of just move on. I close the door, and I have other things to do. Like baseball season has started. I'm more than knee deep in the middle of coaching three lacrosse teams. So like I have a lot of other things going on other than watching. I did catch a little bit of the Bruins Islanders game last night, just because I happened to be at a bar and I happened to be on TV, but that's right. I was able to go to a bar because in Massachusetts, you can go places now. It's so much wow. fun. But um, so uh, flames as a whole in the season, I'm probably leaning more towards a D I think just because I had higher expectations, especially with Markstrom coming in. Um, 
I know they didn't make any really outside of that. There weren't a lot of huge splashes. They, you know, they added the $700,000 crew, you know, to come in and, you know, soak up the bottom six, which is fine. I just had high hopes for this team based on what's as the roster is constructed with its top players. So um, I had a lot of disappointment. Um, Mainly, I think it was Markstrom gave me the biggest hope for the season because I thought the Flames finally had. And I still think they do have a top-notch goalie. It's just so much stuff fell apart in front of him that it just, the whole season kind of just, bleh. So, um, what crazy stat was, like, if they were playing in the old, like, Pacific, they would have made the playoffs in the West. Like, that's how bad the West is. So, I don't know if that's good that, like, the Flames would have made it in just because they're so bad, but maybe this hope for next year because the West is so bad and the Pacific is, you know, hot garbage, you know, so maybe, but yeah, I'm a solid D for the flames. I didn't really, the season to me was just too, it was too up and down. And then it just became too predictable. Um, you knew exactly what was going to happen. So, all right. So we got like a C, C and a D. So put it all together. We're probably at like a C minus or something at that point. So it's, all relative. They sucked. We're moving on with life. Looking forward to the future. Uh, we did ask your readers. Um, we always do a year-end fan poll uh, right about the time we're doing report cards. And uh, Michael put it together and he had some questions. Um, you know, his question one was, do you think Daryl Sutter is the right coach for the Flames? 54% said yes, 24 uh, maybe, and 21 at no. So the fans, um, you know, pretty, uh, pretty all in on Daryl Sutter. Um, pretty much the same with... Uh, it's, you know, a little closer with Brad Trey living as the GM. 43 said yes. 35% said no, maybe at 21. I think that's reasonable. I think people are kind of wishy-washy. We do have a reader question, so I think we'll skip that one and we'll handle that later. Um, should the Flames enter 2021-22 with a new captain? 61% say yes. 21, no. 17% maybe. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Uh, who is the Flames' best player? 42% of you, so make Maddie happy, think it's Elias Lindholm. Uh, 20% think Chris Tanov, 18% think Andrew Manjapani, and Eric Francis must have been voting this whole thing. Because only 12% think Johnny Gaudreau was the Flames' best player this season, and other was 5%. I'm guessing that was the Hannafin family checking off boxes as they were going through. Uh, should the Flames' 2021 first-round pick be a trade chip? 40% say no, 37% say yes, and 23% say maybe. And our final question, are you confident in the direction of the Flames? A hearty 73.4% say no. <laughs> 20, and a measly 26.6% say yes. Um, I know it's fans. Fans are always angry at the end of the season. But um, anybody want to hop in? Anything you can take away from those numbers and questions we asked at the end of the season? I mean, the one I think that really jars me the most is the um, the direction of the team. People are not happy with the direction of this team. Uh, Maddie, what do you think of that one? Um. Honestly, like I, I voted in it when I submitted my grades as well. So I think I was a no in there as well, too, just because I was. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't need the team to be like the Rangers a couple of years ago where they're sending out a letter spelling out exactly how they're rebuilding and the trajectory of the team. That said, you should be able to sort of pinpoint something from the outside and I just I really don't feel like the flames have sort of a cohesive plan going at this point in time and I don't know maybe there's stuff happening behind the scenes that makes it seem more cohesive than what we're seeing out here but like I I think it's pretty easy to not feel super confident in where the team's heading I completely agree I'll, I'll, that and I agree the flames don't need to like be like hey we're gonna suck for a little while just so you know be prepared I think you could probably tell that things are kind of you know the Titanic is slowly starting to you know sink down into the ocean so we'll I think we can see how that 
plays itself out. But yeah, I think everybody clearly knows the Flames are heading in a retool or a light rebuild direction, and it's not probably going to be pretty. Michael, um, we talked about draft lottery and how the Flames have, what, the third or fourth worst worst odds. It's like 2.2% of getting that top pick. Um, clearly picking 16th or 17th, you're not trading that pick, right? Are you? Because it's, I mean, at that point, what are you trading? It's just a body, right? I mean, I would trade it if somebody wants it. Like, if there's a good offer on the table, I don't think I'm desperately moving the first this year, but just because there's so many unknowns with the draft and, like, how limited the chances were to really scout guys this year with all the different leagues, either some weren't playing, some were barely playing, and then just, like, limited travel, things like that. Like, I think if there's an offer on the table, I would still consider moving it, but... I'm not on the, like, move it no matter what. They've got to go all in kind of mood quite yet. But, no, I think it should be at least on the table. Like, I don't think – I would keep next year's over this year's at this point. Maddie, do you have an opinion on that? I know you're a big prospect, you know, the, the prospector of our website. Uh, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on the Flames potentially trading um, a draft pick, at you know, depending on where they land? Um, Honestly, I don't even really know that – like where the pick is matters i think if they're trying to improve the team um their first round pick should be in play if they're looking to make a move um whether that's to get a roster player or trying to move up in the draft somehow i don't know um yeah i'm not on fully on like if they make a first round pick this year that is a failure on the front office's part like 100 they should be moving it but I don't know. I, I definitely think, like Michael said, it should be in play. Yeah, I, I think those are both reasonable takes. I think with where the Flames are sitting right now and what they need to do to add to the team, I think if anybody, you know, if there's a reasonable player available, and I know somebody put out a thing the other day, like it was a list of players that you could use to get Jack Eichel into Calgary, and it was like Matthew Kachuk, two first round, a first round pick, a second round pick. Um, you know, uh, I forget they were like, Two or three. I was like, okay, like this. It's too many moving parts. Like I had a headache by the time I got to the fifth tab in the thing of like <laughs> who could make the deal. But yeah, I think if you could trade a pick, you know, because those mid round picks are so you never. I mean, you know, sometimes you get a late round gem like a fourth round pick like Gaudreau, who turns out to be really good. But sometimes you get a fourth overall pick that doesn't do anything for your team. So sometimes it's just kind of it's luck of the draw, depending on what the draft is. And you know, I I will never claim to be the um the person with his you know finger on the pulse of the NHL draft. Uh, but like when every, when every expert says eh, outside of like the top three picks, it doesn't really matter at that point. It's kind of like a bad NBA draft. You're like, yeah, we'll just get somebody. If they work out, they work out. If they don't, we don't, we can either trade it or we can pick somebody because we have to. So I think, I think that makes sense. Something's in play and somebody wants it. I don't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, I can't believe they traded the 15th pick in the draft. I feel probably like, that's ah, a smart smart decision you're going to draft a defenseman who you're not going to see for seven years so who cares so that's just my opinion but what the hell do i know i just said i don't know anything so anyway um johnny gaudreau speaking of people in trades um consensus is in some members of the media that johnny gaudreau has to go johnny gaudreau wants to go johnny gaudreau hates calgary um johnny gaudreau came out last week and said i I don't hate calgary i would actually like to play in calgary i enjoy the city i don't know where this is coming from i don't want to leave um lip service is one thing i know people say things to you know make themselves but he's never been one of those guys to like sugarcoat what he's talking about um he's never hidden his feelings 
do we believe Johnny Gaudreau really wants to stay in Calgary? And, and if so, do you just walk up to his house with the checkbook and go just write a number in there and we'll be happy with it? Uh, Maddie, your thoughts? Because I know you've got two opinions on this, right? Here's that I other mean... team you cover. <laughs> I would love him in Philly. This is well documented. Uh, that said, no, I, I think I do believe him. And especially as uh, this week it's come out that like Seth Jones has straight up told the Blue Jackets, I am not interested in re-signing here. So um, I, I also don't think if that were the case for Gaudreau that he would be afraid to tell the team like, thanks, but no thanks. Um, so I, I believe him that he's interested in staying and uh, if that's the case, yeah, absolutely. Just back the truck up, pay him whatever. I don't care. Michael, you do believe you in it? You do. think Johnny Gaudreau, right? I I tend to believe that he wants to stay in Calgary. Maybe that's just rose-colored glasses, wishful thinking, fanboy crush, whatever you want to call it. Michael, what do you think? I mean, so far, like he keeps saying the right things. Although we've seen players before that say the right things and still leave. Like I don't blame him if he wants to leave, especially if the team has another year of mediocrity first round exit if they're lucky enough to make the playoffs like and for the amount of crap he gets dumped on him from like especially a certain media member that i don't need to name for everybody to know who i'm talking about like i I wouldn't blame him if he leaves but like good on him he's saying the right things like if he's serious about an extension i would love to see the flames do whatever they could to try and get him signed but even before next season but I, I, I'm all in on trying to keep Johnny Gaudreau. I think he's a big player on the team, whether or not people want to admit it, even though he's small, he's a big player. Um, yeah, I, I I think as we saw throughout the year, he's, he's probably their best forward just based on skill. And I think, yeah, you have to do whatever you can to keep him. And if it's, I think at the very least, you have to go into next season with him on your roster, try and make a run with who you have. And then, if things aren't good around the trade deadline, then maybe you move him. But other than that, I think you have to take a shot if you have somebody as good as Johnny Gaudreau on your team for any amount of time. Yeah, I think you've seen at the end of the season, too, and we've gone over this ad nauseum, but Kachuk, Gaudreau, and Lindholm just works. I mean, it's crazy that it took that long to figure it out. But, you know, and I think people always overlook the fact that Gaudreau isn't necessarily a goal scorer. He's a facilitator. He produces points. doesn't just have to be goals. Um, you look at the amount of assists he racks up, like that's his game. You know, if he scored, I mean, he had what, 19 goals this year? Not bad in a 56-game season, right? But still, the assists, the point totals are where Gaudreau really shines. And if he's on a line with a, a natural scorer like Lindholm and a guy like a Chuck who camps out in front of the net and just tips shots, like he's going to pile up points like crazy just because he's feeding those two. So I think it makes sense. I've always been on board with you either sign him extend him forever or you trade him not because he stinks not because he has to be out but for his own mental well-being just to get him away from the negativity and all the bs that gets thrown at him over the course of a season due to the fan base and the calgary media um you know i think he's one of those guys that you absolutely should be looking to build your future around but at the same time if you look at his own mental well-being if he i would not blame him one bit if he was like please get me out of here i can't deal with it anymore you know so I hope it doesn't come to that because it would be tough to watch a, a uh, offensive talent like that just be shipped out because people are jerks. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we've got some uh, reader questions that uh, were asked on Facebook and Twitter. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NHL playoffs. And sounds odd what the poor Oilers can do to help Connor McDavid. We'll be right back after this. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Michael, and Maddie today. Um... NHL playoffs, uh, Edmonton got bounced rather easily. Uh, looking at the photos of Mike Smith, who have been, was nice watching him be all angry all season and celebrating defeating the Flames at every opportunity. And then watching him laying down on the ice in disappointment wasn't, I'm not going to lie, I did slightly enjoy that. But um, Connor McDavid, uh, once again, the Oilers seem to have a generational player, right? They had it in Taylor Hall, didn't work out, they moved him. Uh, what does Edmonton have to do? Here, I mean, because if you look outside of Drysaddle and McDavid, that team is like the points aren't there. There's nothing there. You can't write. All you got to do is shut one hot player down in the playoffs, as was seen, and nothing happens. Um, Michael, we'll start with you. I mean, do you kind of feel bad for Connor McDavid? Does it feel weird for us to be talking about this? I mean, as a person to another person, I feel bad for him, but I can't feel that bad for him because he's an Oiler. But just in watching their games, like I, I do feel kind of bad for them because they didn't deserve to get swept for sure. Like I thought they were the better team at least two or three of those games. But, I mean, it's the playoffs. That's kind of what happens. But, yeah, like you said, the Oilers really don't have any help outside of their top two superstars. Luckily, they are like probably the two best players in the league right now. But when, when you look at the sport, like, most of these teams that are making runs are teams that are three, four lines deep up front and three solid pairings with another good pairing waiting in the press box. Like when you look at Edmonton, they just don't have that. They're probably their third best forward. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is he's probably leaving in free agency this year. So like there's just nothing about that team that really screams any type of postseason success. Like they'll, they'll have good regular seasons. They'll do all right. But when you get down to it and they have a, they have a one line team and it's not going to do well. And then you look at their goaltending, same kind of thing. It's not nearly enough of what they're going to need to actually have success. So I feel bad for him, but I wouldn't feel bad if he's losing so much. He asks for a trade out of Edmonton. Cause that would be lovely for us. Maddie, your thoughts on that. You seem to be nodding in agreement. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really do feel for him and yeah, I, I don't know what you do to fix that team like obviously their model of overpaying just a guys to do obviously nothing around here um that's not working and i'm not super well versed on like their prospect situation so like i don't know if they have guys coming or even if like they have trade chips to bring in actually good complimentary players so yeah, I think they're in a really tough spot. It's it's almost like they're in a position where they would need to sort of bottom out and really sell, commit to a rebuild to actually get some depth and help out, you know, McDavid and Drysaddle. But I just don't know that the team would be willing to commit to doing that while you have, like you said, two of the best players in the league right now. 
And you got to think too, like if you do bottom out, is he going to want to stick around for a bottoming out? Or is he just want to be like, you know what? I have only have so many years in this league. I I've made a lot of money, you know, maybe send me somewhere where it's going to work out. I mean, hell Gretzky left the Oilers the other day to go work for TBS. <laughs> you know, things are, things aren't going so well in Edmonton. By the way, did you guys see that picture I sent of Matthew Kachuk and the Kachuks golfing with Wayne Gretzky the other day? It's so good. Like I'm like I'm like, dude, Kachuk, your golf shoe game is horrendous. You're wearing work boots like while you're golfing. Get some golf shoes, dude. Come on. Um, anyway, that's my fashion tip for the day. Uh, we got some reader questions. Um, Jordan Anderson on Facebook says, "What is a good? My team isn't in the playoffs. Care package. What is a good way to cure boredom?" Um, Michael, you got anything that the Jordan could put in a care package to make him feel better? I mean, if you still want to do hockey, I would recommend watching, like, the Islanders games. They, they're, their fans have been back, and it's just been an absolutely, like, crazy atmosphere watching it after we spent a whole year watching empty Canadian arenas. So if you want to do hockey, I'd do that. If not, I don't know, maybe just, yeah, no, just go outside. That's that's all I got. I'm, <laughs> I'm not great. These care packages, it's lovely out. Go outside. <laughs> Maddie, what do you got? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I... The answer is playoffs for me. Like both of my teams are out and it's been pretty miserable this year for, you know, watching both of them, but like there's so many good and fun teams still in the mix. So I, I've been having a lot of fun watching the playoffs and it's been a really nice palate cleanser after just this absolutely garbage year, but that's just me. I mean, Jordan, if you're out there and you are listening, there is baseball if you like baseball. I mean, baseball takes up most of the summer and fall. It's very long. It fills a lot of your time. Um, but also the PLL, the Professional Lacrosse League, that starts next week. And that is some of the most exciting sport you can ever watch. It's the highest level athletes playing the fastest game on two feet in the world. So I would go PLL. And if you don't like lacrosse, just start drinking until hockey season starts again. It's about all I got. Go outside and drink, though, like Michael said. We'll do that. We'll combine two things. Um, speaking of that, Derek Johnson wants to know, what's the best hangover cure? Um, Michael, you want to take a stab at this one, buddy? Uh, something with bread, you know, something something hearty in the morning with like a lot of like carbs and stuff to kind of get you going. And I'm debating going and making something like that right after we're done here. So, Maddie, what do you got for Derek? I'm absolutely useless here. I don't drink enough to have ever been hungover. So, sorry, pal. Best Derek, wishes to you, though. Derek, here's how you start the process. Whatever time you go to bed, midnight, 2 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever it is, you always take two Advil and keep a large glass of water by your bed. That's how you start the process. Then you wake up the next morning, and it's always got to be something with, like, a nice, like, fried runny egg over like some crispy potatoes with lots of cheese and maybe even like something greasy, like kielbasa or like sausage or linguisa, something that's going to really fill you up, load you up with grease, absorb all that stuff. And then just take a long, hot shower. That's all you have to do. That's what I've heard. I've heard that works for a hangover. Um, so, you know, if anybody else is listening um, in this three tiered box here, you might want to try that. Um, Advil greasy in a shower. That seems to work. Um, and finally, on the Twitter machine, uh, what do we have here? We had at 7-6 Swanson asked us, is Bradshaw living back next year? Um, I think he is. I think he has to be. Um, I think you need a full year of Trey and Sutter together with the team they put together to see if it works. And then if it doesn't work, then maybe you look at moving on from your general manager. Um, but I think he deserves a full season with the new head coach 
and building the roster they want to go into next season. Um, you know, he's had some hits, he's had some misses like most GMs do. So you can't really, you know, I don't think you can say he's been a horrible general manager, but I think give him this full season and then see where it goes. Um, Maddie, what do you think of, what are your thoughts on that? I definitely agree. And just to add to that, like not just a full season with the new coach to see what happens, but like a full normal non-pandemic season. I know like everybody's dealt with the same year and conditions and it's hard to be like, well, this is our excuse because whatever. But um, I I do think obviously it it made a difference for everybody. So uh, normal year, full year, we'll see what happens michael yeah i think i think he's 100 percent. you're bringing him back just um well first of all i think if if you were firing him i think it would have already happened i think it would have happened like on garbage bag day or whatever like i think you can't especially with a short off season like this you can't waste any time with a guy who you're not moving forward with so that would be my approach from like at least that standpoint then yeah like you guys said he's he deserves at least a full year under Sutter to like, or with Sutter to really like get this team going the direction they want. And then like, when you look at how the team performed this year, like most of the guys he brought in, like Manjapani, Lindholm, Hannah Fantana, even Markstrom, like they were most of the Flames good players. So I think he's doing a good job. I think we're starting to see some of his prospects come up. Like, I, I think if you're looking for changes, I don't think you can look at just coach and GMs anymore if you want to change this team. Yeah, I think that makes sense that, you know, it's the guys that you put on the ice have to produce, um, you know, and that's definitely part of it. So, yeah, it is, you know, partly coach and GM because they construct the roster. They, you know, draw up the style play they want these guys to adhere to. But the guys on the ice at some point also have to, um, you know, they have to do their thing and play hockey to help everybody out. So uh, anybody got anything else before we wrap it up? Matt, you got anything? Ready for draft season. Fair and I can't wait to start watching grainy video on YouTube from what we always say, Michael, like the Czech prison league. Like it's my favorite thing to do is watch grainy video where you can't make out anybody's numbers and you just post a highlight. You're like, yeah, that's a guy they could draft. Uh, Michael, you got anything? Um, all I want to say is that I've been watching Manjapani just kill it for Team Canada over at the World Championships this year. He's got like, I think, seven points in three games now or something. Like he's just. I'm so happy he's a flame. He's so good. So yeah, just a little bit of Manjapani love to close this out, I guess. There's nothing wrong with Manjapani love. It's definitely one of the guys I would like to see stick around with the flames building around him as well. So, all right. Well, we appreciate you coming on and listening to this episode of the Tinderbox. If you enjoyed it, please find us on Google Podcast, Spotify, or iTunes. Just search up the Tinderbox or Matchsticks and Gasoline, and you can find us there. Download us, like us, follow us. You can also find us on Twitter at MatchsticksCGY, on Facebook, Matchsticks and Gasoline, and on the internet at www.matchsticksandandgasoline.com. Maddie and Michael, thank you for coming on today. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.